Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Another 2-0 win for the cobblers. Oh, for fuck's sake. Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three. Hello and welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me, the podcast by and for the fans of Northampton Town. My name is Charles and joining me this week are my fellow Cobblers fans, Danny, Neil and Jesse. Before we start this week, I'd like to say a big thanks to you. For the past couple of weeks, the podcast has been inside the top 50 of the football podcast charts, and that is all down to you. So keep listening, leaving us reviews, and sharing the show with your friends. It all helps more people to find out about the podcast, and we all want everybody to know about it. So this week, saw the cobblers appear on Football Focus, draw a game against a team managed by a jar of marmalade, and move down to ninth in the table. Coming up later in the show, we'll be finding out everything there is to know about Chippenham Town and debating another one of your questions in Neil's postbag. First though, we're off to a very, very cold Boundary Park. I'm Nicky Adams and it's all cobblers to me. Saturday was a day full of emotion for most Cobblers fans. At 4.45, we were all raving about a fourth 2-0 win on the bounce, just like you, Tim Oglethorpe. But just five minutes later, we were left feeling deflated after two Oldham goals snatched the victory away from us. So what happened? Who is to blame? Jesse, do you have the answer? Uh, I'd love to have the answer, but unfortunately I don't. Um, I think... It's one of those really frustrating things which we've said so many times in the last few weeks um, because we just keep throwing things away right at, at the death. Um, and there was somebody that wrote a really good comment on Twitter, actually, and he, and he said, um, you know, this team is full of really, really good things at the moment, but it's also very fragile. And that is so accurate. They they are so fragile in defence, but I don't think it's necessarily for the lack of trying. It just simply is, I think, a confidence thing. And, and I think we tend to forget we are still fairly early on in the season and you know they're still getting to grips with what they're being asked of which is a long way into the season to still be working out what they're what they're supposed to be doing as such but I think it just we just have to be patient we just need to give it a little bit more time I don't think the answer is to kind of berate Keith Girl and say oh we're throwing these points away yes we are throwing points away and if we hadn't have thrown those points away we'd be top and that's the frustrating thing but Equally, isn't it refreshing for us to be able to say, you know, we could be top, but we're not. We've got something to work with. And for a long time and for a lot of seasons, we haven't had anything to work with. And I think we just we just do need to be patient. Yeah, I mean, would you say that Oldham's fight back was, was deserved, Danny? Um, I thought we were quite comfortable up until that point. 
by, by the sounds of it. I only listened to it on the radio. I didn't go, but it didn't seem completely deserved. It was a bit of a it was one lump up upfield and one cross shot, wasn't it? And didn't seem like we were in any danger up until that point. Um, it was it was a typical curse of the commentator, though, yeah, wasn't it? Was, <laughs> he didn't even he didn't want to mention the playoffs, did he? Poor old Tim. Um, no, he didn't. He didn't even want to say. He didn't want to say the word comfortable either. And then, he knows. He knows uh, it's too well. Jake, Jake, Jake Sharp actually then allowed him to do it just before the first Oldham goal went in. It was so comical. The timing was just spot on. It was inevitable, wasn't it? I'm glad you found it funny, Charles. <laughs> well, looking back in hindsight, yeah. that that part of it is funny. The result, Neil, is a different matter. Yeah. I'll let you off. The, um, I'm not having, <laughs> by the way, the claret and black combination for a start. I liked it. Did you? I didn't like it. I yeah. like it, but we play in claret and white. I, I like the claret, claret and black. I'm more a fan of going either home or wake it, and just yeah, I'm not. I'm not a mix and match fan. It feels like when you forget your PE kit at school, and you just <laughs> exactly yeah, you get someone else's <laughs> three year old trousers they've left in there. <laughs> So that's to blame. <laughs> You're blaming the black kit. No, the black, the black shorts. Black shorts. The, yeah. The lower half of the yes. kit. Terrible. So so what was it that caused our downfall then, guys? Neil, I'm sure you've got an opinion on this. Uh, it was Keith Curl. <laughs> Again. In what respect? No, I, the, in respect of taking McCormack off, that's when it changed, right? That's when... Mm-hmm. We started to lose a little bit of a grip. I, mean, I thought we were still pretty comfortable, but we started to lose a little bit of a grip on the game. And I think fair enough if McCormack needed to come off and he can't still do 90 minutes. And as Keith Curl said about protecting him, we need, to, need him to be available for every game and stuff. Fine, I understand that. What I didn't really understand is bringing on Harriman into centre midfield. I mean, he's never played there for us yeah I mean I know he's not played many games but he's a defender by trade right so and we had Jordan Turnbull in in the back line who would have made surely made more sense to bring Turnbull back up into midfield and drop Harriman into defence would you have put Harriman in the centre of defence uh who else did we have on the pitch at that time we we had Johnson on the bench as well didn't we who could have come on and reshuffled things well yeah but I mean we might as well not make a sub if we're going to bring him on might not we um I don't know. I just think that that's the only thing I could really think that I would have done differently. I guess I think I think it's not as bad as before. Uh, from the sounds of it, we were quite unlucky, and you look at the goals. There was a bit of element of luck in them, and we were pretty comfortable. It's just frustrating because it has happened before. And I mean, I think just last week didn't they do someone do a, an interview in the Quran and said that. You know, we've learnt from those defeats, and that won't happen again. <laughs> it's literally just happened again. Even if you're like a thousand percent confident that that's not going to happen again, you don't say that. Nice. No. Um, yeah. I think Keith Curl has built up a little bit of um, what do you call a bit of backup in these three two 0 wins because we have come through three games now where we've won two 0 in a row and looked reasonably comfortable. And it just it's frustrating to go back to the fact of of losing two goals again, isn't it? Um, it's just annoying, it isn't is, it? And especially because we're so close to yeah. in the top seven. And and it was so close to winning as well. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it was we're close to the top seven and it was so late in the game. It was two nil late in the game, let alone two one late in the game. And it's just like oh we seem to have these moments it's of just, just getting as soon as we see a sight of the playoffs, we just 
crumble. It's, it's like somebody told them on the pitch that they're in the in seventh. And it's it's just this barrier. We just don't seem to be able to get past them in it. And it's like when when we when we concede one, mm. that's it. Basically, we sort of go a little bit. What's the word? Panicky. And I'm sure I saw a stat on on the Twitter that we haven't actually won a game where the other team has scored. Right, what, this season? This, really? This, this season. I'm just sense-checking that stat. Right. Um, well, let's just think about it then. I'm <laughs> Plymouth, what was the score? 3-1, wasn't it? Yeah. There you go. Rubbished. Straight away. Fake done. news. Perfect. Fake news. <laughs> <laughs> Fake news. Move on. <laughs> we haven't uh, against Oldham. We certainly haven't. <laughs> that's the only this game. season at least <laughs> that is the only game I mean is, is Alan McCormack going back to him is he that important to us is he going to be the the you know the one player that defines our season I think he is that important to us when both McWilliams and Pollock are out injured <clears throat> I think if if we had either of them playing on Saturday or on the bench on Saturday, we probably would have won that game. Well, that's it, isn't it? Because you, McCormack has an able understudy in McWilliams, I would say. And the fact that he wasn't there, I mean, fair enough. He, he was having his appendix taken out and, well, and we wish him well. But, <laughs> but um, you know, we didn't have a midfielder to bring on to replace him. Now, <laughs> While I I do understand this this whole sort of performance management thing that 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 Curl's got going on with bringing injured players back, um, McCormack clearly you know in in Curl's mind isn't fit enough to play ninety minutes yet, but it did seem when Al McCormack comes off and uh, his reaction to being subbed, which by the way I'm quite happy that he's not happy to come off the pitch, it, it kind of tells a different story. It tells me that he could have played on at least for another five minutes. I think it's fair to say McCormack's never happy, uh, no matter what. <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. It's it's the manager's call at the end of the day, isn't it? And I think just before that, he'd given away a couple of either he'd been caught in possession or he'd, he'd a couple of stray passes. So it, I, I guess Kel's thinking as well, he's, he's starting to tire, let's get some fresh legs on there. Which you know, I, I, I can't fault I can't fault the decision, in fairness. It's only with hindsight that you look back on it and you go, well, it, it was that substitution that changed the game. But I don't think it is necessarily Kel's fault for making that substitution. I think there was there were reasons behind making it. And then the fact is, is that we didn't have Pollock or, or McWilliams on the bench. Um you know, so therefore, his hands were kind of tied with what he did. There. In fairness, I, sorry, Jesse, I was just going to say. In fairness, when he made that change, we did score straight away. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, looking, look, it was then it went from one 0 to two 0 So because I remember Oglethorpe on the radio saying uh, McCormack and Keith Curl have just been laughing about it. So it was a positive change in that respect. We went two 0 up. I think with Alan McCormack. Um, we knew what we were getting at the beginning of the season. I think a lot of us have, have effectively lost sight of that because of the way we seem to be throwing results away when he's not on the pitch. But when we bought him or when he came in in July or whenever it was, we knew that we would not have a player that would consistently play throughout the season and consistently play 90 minutes of every game. We knew that. 
So I think what we need to do is we need to build that team up around Alan McCormack, but also for, to adapt that and for them to be able to actually react to him leaving the pitch or perhaps not even playing. And I think he is important, but you cannot run a football club and a squad with one player becoming the... the um, how do I say this? Sorry. With one player, yeah, becoming the linchpin for, for the squad. And effectively, the same kind of thing with Ray Fenwer. We were very much reliant on him. And if he wasn't playing, we kind of fell apart a little bit. Um, and I think we we do need to look at that and we do need to actually work without him. And once we've got that, we will be able to then thread him back into the squad when he comes in. And then is that a bit of security as such? But we can't ride on that security because he's not guaranteed to be there. We knew that. It was a gamble buy. It was a great buy, but it was a gamble. Well, well let's look at some of the positives then because th- there were a few. We went 2-0 up being the first and obvious one. Um, but Matty Warburton, I wanted to just sort of say, well done. I'm very happy to have seen him score his first uh, league goal, um, first professional um, league goal as well. Uh, so so well done to uh, Matty Bagels. That was really, really good. Um, we, we were quite on top to start with, I thought. Were you the same, Danny? Yeah, again, I felt like it was pretty comfortable um, through most of the game until about 85 minutes. Um, I will <laughs> echo your comments about Bagels. Uh, I feel like he's scored in the league already, but he hasn't, has he? It was the cup, was it, against... Uh, Swansea! Swansea! He's scored, yeah. But, um, good scene getting in there, especially with McWilliams out. I don't think it... What's he going to be, about a month, is it? Um, is that how long it takes to recover from an appendix operation? I've seen I that think, about. I don't, I'm not sure, but yeah, I think if you think about it, if you have an operation, then you're supposed to not drive for six weeks. So, I'm I'm suggesting that that you can probably come back a little bit quicker playing football from an appendix. Ah, operation. two to four weeks. Yeah, you can get a lift with Adam McCormack, can't he? <laughs> Says on Google, imagine. right on Google. Yeah, Google never lies. The internet, there's never everything <laughs> on the internet is true. Mm-hmm. Your recovery time depends on the type of surgery you've had. If you had laparoscopic, I can't say that word. That That's one. keyhole surgery. Just let you know. Oh, there you go. Keyhole surgery, uh, Neil. Yeah. There you go. If you had keyhole surgery, you'll probably be able to return to work or a new or a normal routine within one to three weeks. If you had open surgery, it may take four two to four weeks so there you go could be one week get him in get him him down to chippers get him down to chippers (laughs) Alan McCormack can drive him (laughs) get him on the bus The wheels on the bus go round oh dear we've lost it already Uh, the the second goal was pretty special as well wasn't it that was a lovely finish love that beautiful not um, shades of Kevin Van Veen, someone said. Oh, don't. Uh, no. I saw. No. Oh, no, he's get, better than that. <laughs> shades of Martin Smith, I'd say. That's Ooh. better. Ooh. Shades of Eric Sabin. Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure Eric would have quite done the shades turn. Shades of Paul Trollope. Oh. oh, shades of Tony <laughs> Dobson. <laughs> <laughs> Shades of Tony Dobson coming to a high street near you. Sometimes you. Fantastic. No, it was it was a good goal though, wasn't it? It's definitely uh, going good to see him. And uh, 
Baron said, did you hear the interview that Tim Oglethorpe performed with him afterwards? Um, so that was Andy Williams. It's a performance. <laughs> <laughs> what? The curtains opened. <laughs> <laughs> Act one, Tim Oglethorpe enters Boundary Park. <laughs> a soft wind blows across the field. Soft? Sorry, a strong top. wind blows Tim Oglethorpe across the field. <laughs> Joe Royal is seen rolling around. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> so Tim Oglethorpe called... Um, Andy Williams is a dry spell, a drought, and uh, Willow wasn't best pleased with it, and, uh, and basically, yeah, I should think off. so too. But it How was offensive. it was his first game, yeah, was his first goal in nine games. That when is the a last time you scored, Oglethorpe. Eh? <laughs> I reckon, but the, but I only think he's played about six six of those nine games anyway. Is he not? Well, well, no. I, as yeah. as like he played the played the full ninety minutes. That, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, at the end of the day, he's not yeah. playing every single game, and yeah. But I I just found it quite quite funny to see. We were talking about characters last week, weren't we? And here's another one actually shining through, basically telling the media where to stick it a little bit. I thought that was really good. He didn't. He doesn't strike me as that kind of person before either. So I was quite happy to see that. Yeah, exactly. That that's what you want to see, isn't it? And I think maybe actually that the really big characters like the the Charlie Goods and and the Nicky Adams of the squad and the and of course the Alan McCormacks um, are probably bringing it out of the the rest of the guys as well. And I, I think that's actually really really good yeah. for team spirit and morale and and, and does show that. Hopefully, that the squad are going to be going in the right direction this season. But my my next question is is I'm a little bit worried, okay? Is this... We all know that Keith Curl likes to go on little runs, doesn't he, every now and again. So we'll win a few games in a row and then we'll go on a barren spell where we don't win anything. He gets the Any, any games. Uh, yeah, it he, he doesn't go well for him, <laughs> does it? Um, so is this the start of a poor run? No. No. It's just a blip in a good run still. This run's got. Who have we got next? Chippers. So uh, beat Chippers. Beat Chippers. Uh, yeah. Then, hopefully. It, then is it Crew at home? Crew. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get crew. married on that day, so we'll probably win twelve nil. <laughs> on a scale of one to a hundred, how annoyed are you going to be if we win that really well as well, and you're at your wedding? Seven. <laughs> Ninety-eight, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know we're all invited, don't you guys? You know we're oh, none of us are going to the football that day. Well, we could sneak out. Neil, no, there's Polly. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing timing. <laughs> I'm Chris Freestone, and it's all cobblers to me. As fans, we have the ability to react one way. Either when we win a couple to get carried away and think we're going to win the league, and then when we lose one to think, oh God, we're rubbish again. And I don't think it's a, it's cause for that. I think it's just a bit of a blip, frustrating as it is, but I think we're still on a good run. 10 out of 12, is it? 10 points out of 12? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually think this crew game is going to come at quite a good time. As long as we get past Chip and I'm okay. I think we're saving fourth, aren't they? We're ninth, mm-hmm. about five points behind them. Yeah. I think that's the kind of game where we can actually, Sixfields can actually make, try and potentially make some noise and it can feel like a bit of a 
match between two playoff contenders and I think that's probably for the best after that 2-2 draw I think. The one thing Danny that I was actually re- most disappointed about having thrown away that two goal lead and and a win mm. was the the fact that now that crew game unfortunately for you won't be our first six pointer of the season. Yeah, it's disappointing isn't it? It's very. Technically the first game of the season was the first six pointer of the season I think. Yeah by the way how have we lost to Walsall and Morecambe this year or drawn at Morecambe? But that's the thing. Look, look where they, they are in the table. Walsall I, I think I think we're the only team Walsall have actually managed to beat this season. Yeah you're right. And they shouldn't have beat us either they were rubbish. No. No they shouldn't have they shouldn't have but we just weren't up to it we just weren't good enough at that point. Uh, but I think I think we're getting there. I think we are getting to a point where we're we're competitive, and we're able to compete against them because we were we were, we are still fragile. But we were so fragile at the very beginning, and it was it was alarming. But now we're not. We seem to be ironing out those problems. And there's no team that are taking the league by the no, no there, one's running away with it. No one's really running away with it. Um, and there's no team that would be we should be scared of and scared of playing. Which is quite rare for the last few seasons. I think there's always been one or two teams that have been standouts. And uh, also, all have won four times. Sorry. <laughs> all right, fake I just, news, man. I just, I just thought I'd check, so, and I was like, oh, I, I, four I, games. <laughs> <laughs> I was also looking at the table, and if you actually look at Forest Green, who are top, and they've got thirty-one. We're on twenty-five. There's only six points between us, and it's a, it's tight. So if you look at Crew as well, who were flying, I know only momentarily, but they've dropped right back down again. So it's it's a league where we can compete. We've just got to get it right, and I think we're quite fortunate in the fact that everybody else, like like I think it's Danny just said that no one's running away with it. So it is within our reach. We just need to, but we just need to be realistic and patient with it. I think that's what makes it more disappointing, though, isn't it? That that result on on Saturday because. As one of you said earlier, we, we'd be seventh now if we'd have hung on and, and and won that game. Newport lost, so we'd have we'd have gone up one place. We'd be inside the playoff zone. Um, that's that's the disappointment, isn't it? Because this league is so tight that one or two wins, like you know, as we've just seen, three wins on the bounce propelled us right up into the top half, and 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 actually pretty much cemented us in that top half for at least a good three weeks. Whereas now, if we go on another little mini barren spell where we, we maybe draw the next two games, and I mean league games, then then we'll 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 basically have just wasted that opportunity that we built up with those three wins on the bounce. Who have we got after Crew Alexandra? <laughs> All full names. <laughs> it's uh, Grimsby Town, Neil. Grimsby. Again at home. So. I mean, they're, yeah, another home they're struggling home a little bit. Yeah, we have the, another one to, to aim for. I mean, they're only four points ahead of us. See, it is tight, isn't it? But that is the thing, though, isn't it? They They are... You know they're not far ahead of us. We by the time we get to play them, we could only be a point behind them potentially, and and then we're definitely leapfrogging them if and I when think we if win. Asked me at the start of the season if we, if I could be in this position after what sixteen games, I think I'd be all right with that. Uh, there's a few things we need to iron out, a few issues, and we'll come to Keith Kerr later. I think, but um, I think I'm pretty happy with where we are at the moment, and let's kick on and. We want to reach a point where we get into January and we think we were able to sell the club a bit to a couple of players that can take us through that last six months because 
if we're in the top seven come January, we can then hopefully sell the club to a couple of players that want that promotion on their CVs as well and that, that want to join something positive, not something that's just mid-table. What we want, we want more. We want more James Collins, don't we, than uh, than than Emil Sinclair's. We do, Alan Alan Connell. Oh goodness, I'd forgotten all about him. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, let's move on. Let's find out uh, what's going on in Neil's postbag this week. Postman, Neil, Postman, Neil, Postman, Neil. It's black and white cat. This week's question comes from Jordan Collins on Facebook. After last week's podcast was released, Jordan got in touch. And do you know what he said, guys? What did he say, Neil? He said, hi, guys. Love the podcast. Love the backpedalling on Curl. The fan base is a joke. He should have been given more time. He was written off too early. Thoughts on that message, Danny? Um, I'd like to clarify. Dissect it. Does, does Jordan know that Keith Curl is still our manager? <laughs> he, he does. That was the reply that I initially sent to him. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Let's let, let's have a look. Let's break this down. Hi guys. Hi Jordan. That's that bit. Um, <laughs> love the podcast. Well, we love you, Jordan, because you've got in touch and stuff. Well done. Um, love the backpedaling on curl. Yeah, I've I've definitely backpedaled on curl the last few weeks because we've won some games. I'm just fickle like everyone else. Um, but we are getting results and we're starting to slowly see that he's trying to do something and we're starting to get somewhere. Hopefully uh, the fan base is a joke. I don't agree with that. Um, I, I would do you know what though? I, I think so, some of them are, I'll be honest. Some of them, some of them are hilarious. Yeah. Um, someone told me a joke once. Um, he should be given more time. He was written off way too early. Um, yeah. I wrote him off completely and it's, you know, there's still one or two things you'd, you'd question as to whether he's the man to take us up. But I think to be fair to him, he's actually turned around a lot of opinion and definitely mine. And I'd be more than happy for him to be the one at the end of the season to take us up. But oh, what do you get inside his pants? Whether he is or not, I'm not sure. Who? Jordan or Kelf? My thought is, you know, yes, we're right. I mean, couple of couple of weeks ago i i was firmly in the curl out brigade i think and and now i'm more like well no actually maybe it's not as bad as i thought and and yes there is a bit of backpedaling there and i i'm not really that i'm not that bothered by that i know that i'm a fickle football fan i know that you know when things aren't going right for us i i I really, really hate it, and I look for somebody else to blame, and and it's always going to be the manager. And then when it's going right, I kind of go, well, actually, it's not as bad as I think. No, I don't. I don't think that Curl's the Messiah or anything. I don't think he's the next Chris Wilder. But you know, we've had well, we did up until Saturday. We had three really good results in a row. Uh, performances are still maybe questionable, but then I've not actually seen them. You know, myself, Carlisle away was the last one that I actually saw. Part-time fan. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's it's one of those, while, while we're winning, we'll all be happy. While we're, When we're losing, we'll all be, you know, unhappy and, and, and calling for things to be, you know, changes to be made. And whether that, that is, you know, the big change of changing the manager, that that, that all depends on, on how we're really feeling at the at the time, I suppose. 
It's funny, if this if this draw happens before these three wins, we'd all be calling for his head, wouldn't yeah. we? Yeah, yeah, sure yeah. It'd just be that two two and after all those other results. Um, but fair play to him. I mean, there's nothing I'd I'd like more than Carl to take us up. I think it'd be hilarious. Um, <laughs> and you know, I'd love just to see how he reacts to to doing it and stuff. And there's nothing I'd want more than to be proven wrong. Um, On that though, Danny, the thing that I'd actually really like, I think, if if we did get promoted with Curl as our manager. I can't see him doing a Coldwood or a Wilder and and going to a bigger club. No, but weirdly he wouldn't be in demand. Well, for some but that's it, and and it's, actually it's that might point, play in our favour for you know yeah. the first time in our history. But then there's a question mark over where how again it would be the type of manager where if we start badly in League One, people will start jumping on him straight away. Um, and he hasn't. Has he ever managed in League One? I don't know. Uh, Mansfield when he first when he first started, he Mansfield were yeah, League One, weren't they? Yeah, but a little bit early to be talking about it. But um, I think just just let him get on with it. He's got the good thing is he's got to the end of the season anyway, isn't he? So um, at the moment, I'm back on board with giving him to the end of the season and seeing what happens. Um, it could just as easy turn around again. I know that, but on the other hand, I'm happy that he's proven me wrong at the minute and. Players have done that in the past. Managers have done that in the past. So let's hope it continues. So interestingly, I would have liked to have seen what um, Jordan's thoughts were had we have lost that Oldham game. Because, again, we're all very fickle, but I do think that we'd have been speaking in a very different way about Keith Curl, not about the games and not about the performance as such, but just about Keith Curl alone. We'd have been speaking very differently about him had we have lost on Saturday. And I think we do need to be mindful that he, as our manager at the moment, is always one game away from everyone being on that curl out train. But again, he's then one match away and one win away from being on, yeah, Keith Girl's going to do it. We're going to get promoted. It's going to be great. We're, it, we're almost on this seesaw effect where it just, it's like a pendulum. It just swings either way, depending on what we do in the week. And I, I, I do think we just need to, focus on Keith Curl in the long term and I think we're very short minded minded at the, at the moment and the fan base are only looking like one step ahead we need to look at this whole season because effectively he is going to be here for the year and we just need to see what he can do in that year and take it a season at a time as opposed to one game at a time because we are going to lose games you know we're not going to be able to go on big unbeaten runs all the time because league two is a really difficult league to get out of did um did any of you see the football focus um little snippet that was on Saturday afternoon? The the big thing that I took from it was how professional Keith Curl has made the the working environment for the players. So for as an example, when you walk into the home dressing room, the home changing room at Sixfields, immediately on your left there is like a a, a pocket uh, thing hung up on the wall and that is where all the players have to leave their mobile phones there's a line on the drawn on the floor that says no phones past this point there's also a line going around the benches of the changing room so that all the players gear has to be neatly basically folded or packed and put away behind that line on the floor or on top of the bench and anything that is over the line or on the line uh, results in well 
Keith Curl didn't call it a fine. He said it was a uh, a donation. And then if they don't pay the donation, it's then a fine. Um, but um, it, it just came across very much as though these are things that he's obviously implemented and he's creating an atmosphere of, you know, you, you come into work. Yes, you can have fun at work. Clearly, the characters in the dressing room are showing that they are having a bit of fun with each other. Jordan Turnbull headbutting lampshades, for example. Um, but, <laughs> you know, it, it's a professional, you know, outfit. And and now Curly's actually maybe making us be more professional and act more professional when, when the guys are at work. And I, maybe that says more about what happened before Curl's tenure than it does now. But to me, it was a really positive piece that was on the BBC for us. Although the one thing that I will say is that the club kept sort of saying, oh, this is about the player pathway. And then there was nothing about Scott Pollock or anything like that, unless it was on earlier on and I missed it. What you didn't see um, on the right-hand side of the dressing room, Charles, was a vortex for Bose headphones and designer (laughs) wash bags and... uh, if you had any of them, a little alarm went off as they went into the dressing room. And they had to oh my throw God, these. that'd be going off every time they walked in, wouldn't it? <laughs> they had to throw all these designer wash bags and Bose headphones into this black hole and it just sucked them down into oblivion. It is encouraging that we, we're, we're getting to that point where we are looking at the, the long-term issues that have been surrounding the club because clearly there has been an issue with not the professionalism because that's not fair at all but the the way the day-to-day of the club is run in terms of management and I think he's got it to a point where they they are responding quite well and they they're sold on this this idea of this journey that Keith Kerr wants to go on and I think that is really encouraging because it means that we have got that direction and we've got that way that we need to go. And, you know, your, your boundaries as such are in place and they know what's expected of them. And I don't know whether that was in place before. That's not necessarily aimed at the club. That's just general. The managers that they've brought in haven't haven't worked out and that hasn't been in place. I think on, on Jordan's point about... What what did he say? He said that the fan base is a joke, didn't he? Mm-hmm. He did. I, I think I think you can split. Certainly at Cobblers, there's there's a couple of different elements in the fan base. You've got a group of fans who are unanimously positive about the club, the team, the manager, all players, no matter mm. what's happening, no matter what the results are, they're just unanimous unanimously positive and quite often called happy clappers um, because they they can see no wrong in the club and performances and they'll happily sit there and clap the team off if they've lost 5-0 and stuff. So you've got that group of people. You've got the absolute opposite. So you've got a a group of fans that can only ever see wrong in the club or the team or the players or the manager and quite often will hark back to the good old days and it was never like this under Chris Wilder or it was never like this under I don't know Graham Carr Graham Carr thank you yeah um, you know you've got they'll always everything anything the club does they'll look to ridicule it and find fault with it no matter what it is even if it's something wildly positive like getting really great you know feedback on match day experience or the youth setup or anything like that they'll always find fault in it 
along the lines of, well, we don't own our own training ground, do we? So see what I mean? So you've got to get a group like that. And then you've got a, a larger group in the middle, which is where I actually think most of us fall of – if we're winning, we're happy. If we're losing, we're unhappy. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> which, is, which is the majority of football fans across the country. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you're never really going to change that because it's a, it's a results business, isn't it? And, you know, yes, there's, there, you know, we're saying now, you know, we're, we're behind Curl a, a little bit and, you know, we're going to give him a bit of time and we've been on a good run and stuff. Guarantee if we lose a couple of games in a row, we lose to Crew, then lose to whoever we've got next, Exeter, was it, did you Grimsby. say? Um, Grimsby, Grimsby the next then we'll be like well Keith Cole needs to leave this is a disaster I, th- I think actually it was summed up quite well over the weekend because there was a clear definition between those that were wanting to give Curl the opportunity to continue managing at the Cobblers and there were those that really did blame that that draw um and on Keith Curl, uh, there were there were some some guys I noticed on Twitter. These are guys that that go every single week home and away. Um, they were really unhappy with with the result, and you know, rightly so. I, I think we should all be unhappy with the fact that you throw away a two goal lead. I'm sure the players and the manager and the coaching staff are all just as unhappy about it as we are. But you know, you did see a lot of the, you know, there there were obvious divisions on social media after that result and 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 you sort of maybe starting to see those divisions coming more to the fore this year yeah i think so i think you're you, you definitely do see that and notice that you've got some people that are just dead against keith curl no matter what um no matter what he does you know they'll give him very little credit when he when he does something good in terms of substitutions or win, you know, picking a team that wins a couple of games and stuff. But as soon as there's, there's a slight fault anywhere, then they're on it and they're vocal about it. Um, and, and vice versa, you know, you've got people that will defend him to the hilt and, and will not be able to see when he does make a mistake as a manager and stuff. And it is clearer this year, I think. Um, but look, it's not necessarily a bad thing if that's all we're, all we're chuntering on about at least we're not talking about the bloody east end it says um it says a lot about how much people care about it as well doesn't it so the fact that we've got people on such each such um either side of the divide kind of thing and getting really passionate about either side there's nothing wrong with it really we're we're, no, all, we're all passionate about the club and that's a good thing it'd be nothing worse than going and everyone just walking away thinking oh you know whatever happens happens at the game we'll come back next week and and go again as rob page used to say um <laughs> it just makes those Show some arseholes. exactly it, it just it makes the times when it does go well that bit more special because you know that you've got at least 4000 people who have been coming every week and and they do care whether whether they've been getting on the players backs whether they're not whether they're cheering and clapping after losing 5-0 they they've got a great base of fans which is not true for many league 2 clubs where you've got a good 3 or 4000 people who actually do care enough to to make their opinions known and to actually get involved and get passionate about it. Best fans ever. If you've got something you'd like us to debate on the podcast, then send us an email. It's all cobblers at gmail.com or send us a message on the Twitter or Facebook at cobblers to me. Thank you. Brilliant. Right. Just before we hear from our Chippenham town fan, there was a little bit of break this evening. Um, Chippy chippers, 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 Lovely. Uh, so a little bit of breaking news this evening <laughs> as we record on uh, Sunday night uh, this week um, was that the 
The trust board have decided that it isn't the right time to actively pursue community ownership. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> The message that has been sent out to all trust members um, in the AGM email that is coming up soon. Um, So if you are a trust member, then you'll have a chance to vote on who basically is on the committee or on the trust board, whatever it is that they call it, um, uh, for this coming year and the direction that the trust takes. But it certainly won't be community ownership at this time. The message basically says that the board feels that in the present climate, with the football club reluctant to engage, with the £5 million debt loaded against it, and with the East End not rebuilt, it isn't the right time to actively pursue community ownership. But we are prepared to undertake a 100% model if the club once again finds itself in financial crisis and we also must prepare for a 50 plus one membership model which clubs adopt in the german bundesliga should this model or similar become a future stipulation for efl clubs our clear preference though is for a hybrid joint venture partnership with local investors to allow the club to progress in a sustainable manner uh with your blessing we will continue working towards these aims in 2020 and what could prove to be a fast moving and challenging environment you can read the full statement on the trust's website which is ntfctrust.co.uk um go and have a look at that i'm chris hargreaves and it's all cobblers to me But right now, it's time to find out about our FA Cup first round opponents, Chippenham Town. And uh, to help us, I spoke to Chippenham fan Simon. Hi, Simon. Thanks very much for joining us on It's All Cobblers to Me. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you very much. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, So so tell us about Chippenham then. Let's start with the football. What, What division are you in? How are you doing this season? How many rounds of the FA Cup have you had to win through to get to us? So currently we are in the National League South. Uh, I think they're 13th after yesterday's draw with Welling. I'm not 100% sure. I haven't looked at the table yet, but we're certainly around that mark. FA Cup games we've had to play to get through to you. A, a few more than we wanted to. Uh, we had a replay against Fire and Chester with a, a late goal from us. A replay against Slough with a late goal from them. Absolute dramatics against Slough in the replay. Come through that. And then a very top win away at Whiteleaf to take our place in the first round against you lot. So is this quite a big game for you guys then? It's certainly one of the biggest games in the, in the club's recent history. Um, I think every time a club of our, of our stature gets to the first round proper, although the National League South and North is littered with big clubs now, we are one of those financially dominant teams. Um, we are still you know, very much a team finding our feet in that league. So to get to this round, is, you know, it's, it's incredible for us. It's a massive, massive occasion. First time we've had league opposition in the first round proper. We've only made it twice in the history of the club beforehand anyway. So, yeah, I'd say it's, it's certainly up there. Have you ever made it past the first round proper? We've never made it past the first round. We're hoping that come Monday will be our first opportunity. Well, I mean, the one thing that I kind of always worry about with these kind of games from our perspective as being the, the bigger club is the amount of times that we've actually gone away from home to a supposed FA Cup minnow and lost quite convincingly. I think the last time that we did it, we, we lost 4-0. Um, I'm just trying to remember who that was. I've wiped it from my memory, but it resulted in our manager at the time being sacked. And 
you know, I remember going back many, many years, uh, we went away to Canvey Island and lost 1-0 as well. So there's history in us getting knocked out. It's that unfortunate, that unfortunate term, is it the magic of the cup, isn't it? It's uh, certainly everyone's cup final when a bigger team comes to town. I mean, we, we've done on a very smaller scale. We had the same thing earlier in the uh, earlier in the cup with the uh, Simon Chester game. Went down there expecting after playing them pre-season and beating them four 0 on their artificial surface. We turned up there with our full strength side, expecting something not too dissimilar, and um, we had a very very tricky time of it. It's, um, you know, it's a big, big expendable effort from teams when the uh, when the big teams are down. Obviously, the camera is being down for the BBC on the extended highlight show as well. It's going to be a chance for a lot of our lads to, you know, show show what we can do down at this level. So, yeah, I'm expecting a competitive game. So, how long have you been in the Conference South for? So, I think we won the Southern Premier League in 2016-17 season. Uh, so, we've been up there now. I think this is our third season, third or fourth season in the National League South. Uh, and are you holding your own or are you having to really fight against that relegation? Yeah, um, no, not at all. I mean, the first season we came up, we were expecting to be uh, expected to be in a bit of a scrap. We went off like a steam train and uh, we sort of middled out around Christmas and ended up mid-table. Um, next year, we just looked for a consolidation and an improvement on that. And we, we got that. And then this season, I think mean, we're coming into, coming into, well, coming into November now um, on the back of an 11-game run league and cup against you guys. So, yeah, we're doing okay. We take a few more chances, put a few more teams to the sword, then you know it would have been a very, very different story. Comes league positions, but no, as it is, we are where we are. But no, we think we've got a good platform to build from. I wouldn't in any way call us a struggler. I'd say we are one of the more consistent teams in the division, and hopefully uh, we can you know start getting a few, uh, getting a few more additional points on the board and climb up the table. So, so tell us about your team and your your management. Are you the stereotypical, you know, team of plumbers and bricklayers and postal workers, or, or are, are there there's some more sort nah, of maybe semi pro players? They're, they're, they're all they're all divas, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, a lot of it's, it's it's a nice blend and a nice mixture. We've got um, a lot of very talented boys on the team. Obviously, we have got players that have got part time uh, part time roles in football. Uh, a few players. That have, got full-time work but they balance around it but for the most part they're, they're quite a professional outfit you know, there's a, a lot of ex-pros in the team with a lot of a lot of players around sort of the early 20s to mid-20s that have came out of league football and now looking for their way back through you know, good good history with chipping them about uh, sort of you know good links to local clubs such as Swindon Bristol Yeovil you know so we've got you know good eyes on the club as well for these players so yeah, it's quite a quite a decent place to come and play football if you're looking to get back into the game professionally Tell us about the actual town of Chippenham itself. Where where is it? Uh, any historical landmarks that we should be knowing about that we, maybe we could go and visit before the game? Yeah, well, it's, it's um little little market town just sort of along the M4, really. Just it's just past Swindon. Um, in terms of historical landmarks, yeah, I mean, you have to really go to a town historian to to really find too much about the town from a historical standpoint. But I'm, I'm told there's a museum in the town centre, so it's uh, <laughs> too bad. It must have a history somewhere. But um, decent places to visit. Um, I mean, I, I for my sins don't live in Chippenham anymore. I got exiled at the age of sixteen. I've lived in Portsmouth ever since. <laughs> so. Um, I, uh, I go back weekly for the football, but so I'd say the, the football ground is a very good place to visit. But other than that, I don't get to get, don't get to venture around Chippenham too much these days. Any particular pubs or anything like that that the away fans are going to be welcoming? So I've had a bit of a chat with a couple of the guys that I know that are still running pubs in Chippenham, and they've asked me to plug the Brunel. I'm told there's a, a good few pints in it for me. So that's just uh, just inside the town centre on the right hand side is a pub called the Brunel, just under the viaduct. It's about 15 minute walk away from the ground. 
right on the cusp of the town centre. Tell them Simon sent you for a 5% discount. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, so if we go back to the actual game itself then on Sunday, um, any, any players that we should be really looking out for in your squad? Who are your danger men? All of them. We've we've got we've kind of got you know the, the sort of standard standard makeup really of the decent of the decent national league self side. We've got like I say a couple of the ex pros. They're going to be the ones that you know Northampton fans are going to be familiar with players like Chris Sabrowski who's sort of come through league football and headed now now towards you know the uh, the golden years of his career. But he's still very very useful player, very handy both in the air and on the deck. Good players at the back as well. We've got a, a tremendous centre half called Will Richards, who uh, is going to hopefully provide a very good aerial combatant for your big man up the top. So, yeah, we've, yeah, with any luck, we've got some, we've got some good players there to look out for, and um, hopefully, can spring a little bit of a surprise on the big boys. So, have you got a prediction for us, Simon? I'll go for a cheeky two-one. <laughs> cheeky two-one. Any any prediction on the goal scorers so that we can maybe pop a better down or two? <laughs> Look, if there's anything that I've learned in my experience in football, is never listen to me when it comes to betting. But I'll, uh, I'll, yeah, we, we've we've got a couple of uh, a couple of guys that do pop up on the score sheet quite often. Chambers is quite a, a dangerous, dangerous useful asset down the down the wings. Um, you know, goal scoring midfielders as well. So yeah, I think we've got got goals to come from every every area on the pitch. So we have to nail it to a goal scorer. But I, I want to see a couple a couple of goals from a few of the boys that have been you know that have deserved it. They've had really good games in the FA Cup so far. One question before we go, actually, Simon. Were you, were you disappointed that it wasn't chosen for a full TV appearance? Yes. We've, we've spoken in length about this in our own individual forums, and in our own circles, you know, players, managers. We've had conversations about, about the television and whether it should be there. You know, arguably, when you look at the four television games that are on offer over the weekend of the FA Cup, this tie uh, is certainly more glamorous than a couple. I don't want to get involved with the politics of BBC and the BT Sport and the FA kicking the little boys, but when you look at Dulwich Hamlet, who've got a significantly large support at home to Carlisle, who are, as, as far as I'm aware, beneath you in your own league, Dulwich being, I think, slightly above us in our league, the distance between the two clubs in terms of gaps in the league is, is more significant between Chippenham and Northampton which I would have thought would make for a more kind of a giant killing story, so to speak, should that be the case. The game, of course, being at Hard Newish Park um, is, oh, sorry, as the Thornbury service in the state should be going out. The game taking place at home should be very much attractive for the BBC and for some reason or another it's not. It hurts a little more after last season as well, just missing out in the fourth qualifying round. We would have had Portsmouth at home that would have been on the television but you know we'll, we'll take it it's, it is what it is you can't offer, you can't have it your own way all the time a big a big home game against a league football side is really what we were after television was going to be a bonus and you know being on the extended highlight show it offers a little bit for both of us of course of course well uh, that leaves really all for me to say is, is good luck and, and hopefully we'll at least have a very good entertaining game and you know put some money in your club's coffers on Sunday That'd be lovely. Do you know what? It's when big clubs from you guys, yeah, you, know, you come down to our, come down to our little stadiums, and you know, it's, it really is what makes this competition so important at our level. I mean, you know, the FA Cup is one of those things you grow up as a kid watching. When you uh, when you follow a non-league football team, it really is the difference maker. The money that can come through the FA Cup is huge. You know, we've got a, a very very hardworking chairman in Mr. Neil Blackmore, who's really funded the the, the run up the league and to where we are now. And 
it'd be nice for him to have a little bit of a, a little bit of a payday because sometimes it is often done in vain, and you know, there's only so much that thank yous can can achieve before the bank balance starts to hurt a little bit. So things come down. I hope that you guys do travel in numbers and have a really, really good day down here. Like I say, the game's played in the right spirit. The result hopefully shouldn't make too much of a difference either way. Thanks to Simon Lawrence there, our Chippenham fan. Uh, looking forward to Sunday, guys? Can't wait. Um, <laughs> it's much preferable to an away game at Lincoln or Grimsby or another league club, isn't it? It's a lot more interesting. It's interesting, but it but it's nail-biting, isn't it? It's a potential banana skin, Charles. TM. Um, but I'd much prefer this than than anything we've had the last few years. Even with that potential of an upset, I I always prefer the FA Cup first round to feel like an FA Cup first round match, not just another run of the mill league game and going to a ground win. Probably not going to go to for a long, long time again. Um, we've never been to before, as far as I know. So, um, bit of fun in it, and hopefully we just can. It's just one you just hope to just get through and unscathed, isn't it, Charles? Yes, Neil. Would you like some Chippenham facts? I'd love some Chippenham facts, please, Neil. It's been a tough one this week, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, so Chippenham Town, uh, who famously play uh, at the top wreck. <laughs> um, a lovely a lovely little town. Is that next to the swings? Next to the swings, yeah. Uh, roundabout's currently out of action. <laughs> do, you, um, do you know, we've just been so nice. I've been so nice to Chippenham, and now you're going to ruin it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, I might not. Uh <laughs> So it's a, a market town in Wiltshire, Chippenham. Uh, do you know what the town's motto is? Is it sell fish? Sell fish? <laughs> is I it? Don't know. It's a market. It's a market town. town. Oh, I see. I see where you go. Yeah, well, there you go. Welcome to the only town in England that sounds like a meal. Chippenham. <laughs> Chips and ham. It does not. It is not. Chessie, any idea on the town's motto? I haven't got a clue. I might be slightly closer to Chippenham than you lot, but I have no idea. Mm, some homework for you then, Chessie, is to learn town's mottos. Uh, Chippenham's is unity and loyalty. <laughs> our, four, fan, our fan base could learn a thing or two from that. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go then. What, do you want a bit of information about the culture in Chippenham? Oh, I love a cultural fact. They have a, a Chippenham folk, fest, folk Festival, which takes place every year. Uh, they also, slightly more interesting, they have an annual festival in remembrance of American rock and roll singer Eddie Cochran. Ooh. Huh. Do you know why? Why? He died uh, in a car accident in Chippenham. Oh, did he actually? During a tour. Ah. Oh. Well, how long ago was that? Do you know, Neil, off the top of your head? It was in yeah, he, he died on the seventeenth of April, nineteen sixty, just off the top of my oh, head. Okay. And and what what, what band was he in, or was he just a solo he, artist? He, artist, I believe. He was a solo artist, but singer uh, Gene Vincent and songwriter Sharon Sheely so actually survived the accident. Mm. Did you know Chippenham has actually got two football clubs? Ooh. No. Yeah. Really. Obviously, Chippenham, Chippenham Town, who we're we're pitting our wits against on Sunday, uh, but also Chippenham Park. <laughs> <laughs> where, where do they play, Neil? <laughs> uh, uh, they were formed in 2012. Oh, and they play uh, Harden. Uh, yeah, Breakaway Club. They, they play at Hard. 
Harden Hish Harden Hwish Harden Hwish Harden Hwish Hewish Harden Hewish Park Think of Yeovil Oh yeah Harden Hewish Park Their first team plays at Harden Hewish Park and their reserves play at Stanley Park Harden Hewish That's going on Neil Stag doing that Harden Hewish I used to have uh, a third football team, uh, Chippenham United, uh, they? but they fold- they folded in 1962. Yeah, they were they were united and loyal, <laughs> as as per the town's motto. Uh, they've got a rugby club. Uh, I'm almost done, Danny. Don't fear. Uh, they've got a golf club. Uh, they've got a small cinema. Oh, small cinema. Uh, so, so if the football's the- really bad, we can all go and watch Joker. Good. Yeah, they've got a, a the the Sustrans National Cycle Network Route four hundred three passes through the town. Famous route, famous route, uh, and there's also a variety of nightlife in the town, including nightclubs, wine bars, and a mixture a mixture of modern and traditionally styled pubs. Oh, there you go. Uh, that's it on Chippenham. Quite a difficult one this week. Done some famous people. Love to absolutely. Um, Let's have a look. Who we got? Uh, Jeremy Corbyn was uh, brought up nearby, apparently. Boo! Yay! Sorry, just covering all bases there. All the bases there. <laughs> um, Gabrielle Applin, of course, the singer-songwriter. She's from there. Jamie Cullum. Is that? Hang on, hang on. Stop, stop. Gab- yeah. Is that? Is that the Gabrielle? No, no, Gabrielle Applin. No. Who? No. She sang um, one of the Christmas songs on the John Lewis advert a couple of years ago. That's how she shot to fame. Oh right. Okay. That's. I saw the Asda Christmas advert for the first time. Oh, yesterday. isn't it brilliant with the drums? Oh, it's, it's, it's too early, Charles. It is it's too Argos, early, but it's not Asda. But it's, but it's, all right, whatever. But it's a really good, uh, <laughs> it's a really good video, really good advert. It's I brilliant. Love it. Did it's you great. Have you watched the whole thing? The Asda one? I've only seen the Asda oh, one. Oh, you've not seen the Argos one? Oh, no. The Argos, the Argos one one's amazing. brilliant. I'll send you a link to it. Oh, I'll look out Aaron for that. Aaron Oh, I can't the, wait. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, <laughs> Norwich City's Darren Eady. Darren Eady. You like this next one, uh, Major General Walter Clutterbuck. <laughs> yeah, British Army. You could, you could, you could say that that name sums up uh, the the Northampton Town Football Trust's attempt at community oh, ownership. Now. Now, you now, could now. say that, or you could move on to Tyrone Mings. The uh, <gasps> Tyrone Mings. The Mings. And uh, who else have we got? Um, Robin Hobbs, uh, the England Dude. Test cricketer. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, who else? You can't really beat Clutterbuck, really. After could, that, can you repeat the full oh. name for me, please, yeah. Danny? Uh, Major General Walter Clutterbuck. <laughs> Walter. Major. Can you repeat it? Major General Walter Clutterbuck. Clutterbuck. British Army officer who commanded the 1st Infantry Division Division during World War II. Clear the lobby! Uh, Just another fact to add as well, Neil. Um, Yeah, I've got another one as well, actually. Good good link with Vikings of um, Chippenham Town. And a few years ago, they invited 30 Vikings to their match. Uh, who sponsored the match? Because apparently the Vikings invaded Chippenham once, and they well, why they invite him back? Every <laughs> <laughs> year, a party of Norwegians visits England to undertake some canoeing, and uh, 
they decided to go to Chippenham in, I think it was 2012, and sponsored one of their matches, ironically, against Stourbridge. Um, and yeah, so they had 30 Vikings along. I've got one more fact for you. Okay. In, in 1998, mm-hmm. 1,100 residents of Chippenham had to be evacuated for two nights. Do you know why? Oh, was it a cheese rolling down a hill was a bit big and had momentum and nearly destroyed the village? It got loose in the village, (laughs) (laughs) just bouncing around the streets. Uh, They do do that cheese rolling downhill thing in Wiltshire, don't they? It wasn't it. Wasn't it an animal? It was not an animal, Jesse. No, Major General Major General Walter Clutterbuck going mental. It, you are the closest, Danny. Oh. It was two unexploded bombs from World War Two were discovered in the field behind Harden's Mead. Oh. And what they did, they, they evacuated 1,100 residents and then the army were going to carry out a controlled explosion. They initially tried to defuse the larger device, which was 750 kilograms, oh. uh, but it was decided that owing to the bomb's orientation in the ground, it would be too dangerous. So I'm not sure if the bomb's still there. So, <laughs> so just be, so be careful really when bad. you go on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Someone call the Vikings. <laughs> Do you know what? That's some fabulous facts. Thank you very much for that, guys. That's brilliant. Right. Let's. Uh... Oh, oh, Chiplin fans, uh, give us some amazing insight there. And we just. <laughs> they're listening to this real good insight into their formation what they're playing and their team no we're just ripped into chipper so um but but before we finish charles shall we commit if chipper and beat us that we'll all attend the next eddie cochran festival oh Oh, that'd be amazing wouldn't it We'll do that. We'll all attend it then next next time. If providing chipping and beaters, shall we all stay at Jesse's house? We'll all stay at Jeffy's Jeffy's mansion, and then we'll um, we'll visit the Eddie Cochran Festival. Well, it depends what sort of festival it is. My house near the sea is definitely not a mount- mansion, guys. Just to let you know, it might be by the sea and very beautiful, <laughs> but it's not a mansion. Right. Well. Thank you very much for all those facts. That, that was really good. Um, so, what 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 are we thinking for Sunday? Twelve forty five kickoff. Oh, oh, indeed. Um, what what sort of team do you think Keith Girl's going to put out? Do you do you expect him to go out with a pretty full strength team, or are we thinking rests are going to be uh, put in place? I sincerely hope he puts out a strong team. He'll go full I think team, he needs yeah. to put out a strong team. Otherwise, they'll be lynched. If yeah, he'll lose. go full team. He better add. Do you not think that'll be worse, though, if we, if we do lose with a, with our first team? Because I think there's an element of you put your first team out and everyone just is a little bit too arrogant, a bit cocky. They kind of go, well, we're professional footballers. We'll walk this. We don't. We could we could do this in our sleep kind of thing. And then, of course, what happens is, is that we get beat 4-0 by Starbridge. No, I don't think this this is this isn't the type of no, I agree. players that think that way. I don't think this is this is the proper type of game for Alan McCormack and, and Nicky Adams and Charlie Goo. This is the type of game they were going to want to get in and scrap. And I don't think we're going to go and hammer them, but I do think we're going to be quite professional about it. And I don't see that if we play a full team, I don't see that we're going to have have problems with. I think it's one of those games. We'll probably win five 0 
and then we'll lose next week. <laughs> They've got uh, Chris Zabrowski in front, haven't they? They do. The old talky man. Did he play for Rushton as well for a while? He's definitely going to score against us as well. Potentially. And there's a guy called Curtis McDonald, who's a bit of a beast. He used to play for Brackley at the back. Oh. His dad is, Rod- is uh, Ronald. <laughs> They've, got, is uh, <laughs> They've got... I'm just looking at their, their squad. Uh, oh, they've got Harry Rutty. He's pretty good. <laughs> Have you got an extensive knowledge of of Rutters? Yeah, you, you'll know Harry Rutty. Rutters. He's played twice for them, and uh, he's not scored. <laughs> Brilliant. So let's get some predictions, then, guys. Come on, um, let's go with you first, Chessie, please. Um, I'm terrified to say this because I think it could massively backfire, but um, I think we will win two one. Any particular goal scorers? Harry Smith and Andy Williams. Okay, lovely. Um, we will go to. Oh, we'll we'll go to you, Danny, next. Oh, Danny boy. Uh, one nil. Who two? Scrape it. One nil. Um, and Alan McCormack is going to score a belter from thirty yards <laughs> to win it. Wouldn't it be nice to be in the second round? by the way. It would, wouldn't it? We've not been there since 2016. Is that is it that soon? I feel like it's been about 20 years. I think 2016 was, was Coventry, wasn't it? And that was round two. And Northwich Victoria. Yeah, so it was Northwich first round, then it was Coventry, and then, was Northwich was and then we lost. Crazy one where we were 3-0 down with about two minutes left. Wasn't was that it? when we lost to United? No. No, 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 United was League Cup. Coventry was the game that we all thought was going to be the last game that the Cobblers I ever played. I remember, yeah, emotional. Yeah. Mm. So it was, yeah, it was, it was, was Coventry round one or was it round, yeah, it yeah. must have been round one November, wasn't it? So yeah, and then we played Northwich and that's when, that's when the Tavern caught on fire, wasn't it? The it Northwich was. game? Yeah. yeah. Fire in the hole. So who did we play in round three then? We must have made round three that year. By the law of averages from what you just said, yes. <laughs> so we the first round and the second round. <laughs> but who did we play? Who did what we play? We, lo- we lost, obviously. Mm-hmm. It was, it was the bloody MK Dons. Oh, that was it. Oh, yeah. yeah on that yeah, Tuesday night. On that, was it Tuesday night, a replay? Yeah. Got spanked 3-0. That was, that and was we would have played yeah, Chelsea, yeah, wouldn't we? Bloody Chelsea, yeah. Doesn't count. count. Never happened. <sighs> no. Well, I, I'm going for a, a 2 0 win to take us through to the second round. Um, Reese Hall Johnson and Joe Martin are going to be my goal scorers. Yeah, how many beers have you had? <laughs> That's brave. <laughs> how many beers will I have had by the time the game kicks off, Neil? Good that point, is the bro. question. I just mentioned as well the, uh, the 5% discount that. Um, What's his name? The the Chippenham guy. Sorry, I forgot. Oh, uh, Simon. Yes, yeah, the five five percent discount that Simon mentioned. I think we've got to be careful with that. I feel like that's an ambush waiting to happen. <laughs> the Brun was it the Brunel? Yeah, it's, pro- it's promised us these discounts on beers. There's going to be a, a crew of Chippenham fans. The Chippenham Ultras. The Chippenham Ultras. It's going to be like the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> While playing Eddie Cochran on the radio. 
<laughs> Come on then, Neil. Are you going to make it a clean sweep or are you going to be the pessimist amongst us? 5-1. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who to? Oh, that's brave. We need who to. We're playing chip on them, Charles. Cobblers, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I was half expecting you to say chip on them. <laughs> uh, yeah, 5-1. I think, I think they'll take an alien. 5-1. And then we'll come roaring. Oh, you back. see, that'll worry me. No, 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 no. Oh. If, if they take the lead, we'll lose. No, we'll be seven beers deep by then, Charles. Don't worry, we won't be worried. <laughs> Quick question, actually. Do you think Mark Webber will be the guy doing the uh, the updates on football, <laughs> whatever it's called, final score? It'll depend who Richard playing, won't it? Or Swansea or Cardiff? Cardiff. He's, yeah, he's been in Cardiff recently, he's hasn't he? He's been the weekend. Oh, Reading, yeah. Is is well above these stations, I think. I think any any team that plays in blue, Mark Webber's there. A Chippenham play in blue, don't they? Oh, they there do. you go then. They do. Do they play? <laughs> Have they got a sponsor, Chippenham? Um, Eddie Cochran. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be strange because we're dead. It'll be one of those. If they haven't got a spot, well, they must have because they're in Conference South. Of course they are. I'm thinking that they're in... Their um, slogan for the team is pride and passion, so it's quite similar to their uh, town's unity and loyalty. Exactly. Oh, I've tried. There's another club with pride and passion as their slogan. Was it Who off? Is it? Cool Runnings. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they shout that? I can't remember. I can't find out who Chippenham's sponsor is, so I'm just going to assume it's like the local DIY shop or something. Come to Tim's for all your nails and hammers. Well, I can't read it, but yeah, you're right. They are—they are already—they are conference south, aren't they? I'm thinking that they're yeah. a fair few leagues lower than that, but they're not. They're obviously half decent and can, can actually play. Yeah, they're not—they're not going to get a, like a, a random sponsorship from the Sun newspaper or no. anything. No, no. So I'm going to revise my five-one, Charles, because I forgot they're already okay. conference south. And right. I'm going to go three all. <laughs> It's just to confirm, some sort of surfacing company. Oh, um, something surfaces, and then in brackets, Chippenham. So it is a local. local nice. We'd have a local sponsor, eh? Well, that's good because they'll get a bit of coverage. Yep, or for all your surfacing needs. Do they do any surface, Charles? Uh, Danny, sorry. Any um, surface? Unconf- Unconfirmed. Is it is it just purely driveways or is it patios? I feel like this is this is the biggest tangent oh, we've yeah. ever got oh, off on. Go. Thornbury surfacing, this is what it is. Oh, what do they do? Go so, on. They got a website. Can I have a look? Yeah, they have. Uh, thornburysurfacing.co.uk. Um, Thornbury How are you spelling it? Oh yeah, there we go. Servicing Chippenham. There we go. Oh, they don't just do chipping them, do they? No, they drive. Oh, they've got steamrollers. Curbs. Tennis courts. They, oh, they'll drop, they'll drop a curb, will they? They'll drop a curb for anyone. <laughs> Tough to get insurance for that, you know. Oh, dear. Hey, are you going for 3-0 or 5-1, Neil? Uh, I'll go 2-1 uh, chipping them. 2-1 <laughs> to chipping them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's who's your Cobblers goal scorer? No, I'm I'm joking. I'll, I I will go three all. I think three all. Yeah, I still need some goal goal scorers. You, you know? do, yeah. Little Sammy will score. Little Sammy Hoskins. 
It'll, oh, it'll sneak. Well, Samuel match of the day. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine. He'll sneak one in. Uh, Andy Williams with one. Mm-hmm. And I think. Vidane Oliver. Oh. Finally. Oh. Oh, all our Christmases will come at once. That's it. That's all we've got time for. I think, to be honest, we'd better stop there. Otherwise, we'll. we'll bring up more people that don't sponsor this podcast uh, my thanks to Chessy, Danny and Neil for joining me Simon for letting us know all about Chippenham Town and to you for listening please do let us know your thoughts on all things Northampton Town through at Cobblers to me on social media and please help more people find out about the podcast by leaving us a review thanks for listening we'll see you next week goodbye Thornbury Servicing for all your servicing needs Eddie Cochran Goodbye. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me.